You're now plugged in to the Delphi Podcast. Before we jump in, a quick note. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are those of the speakers at the time of the recording and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. Delphi Ventures and the speakers may have investments and assets identified in this episode. None of the content of this podcast is investment advice and should not be construed to be a recommendation to buy or sell or take any other financial decision whatsoever. Now, time for the episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm thrilled to have on a partner, a friend, Jose Macedo, who's head of Delphi Labs. Jose, how's it going? Good, man. Happy to be here. I'm, I, it's been so long. I mean, the first time you were on the podcast, we weren't officially partners, man. That was a long time ago. That's true. I, yeah, I forgot that. That was me and um, who was the other guy? I can't believe you Eric. forgot, man. I thought we were friends. Jeez, first experience <laughs> together. <laughs> no, no, he was, we had we had a third guest, didn't we? It was discussing the Ethereum. I was bullish Ethereum. He was the ETH bear at the time. I gotta look it up. It wasn't even called the Delphi Podcast then. It was like the fifty-one percent research broadcast. Yeah, good times, good times. Man, that was a while ago, man. I was in like a walk-up apartment chatting to these smart dudes. It was. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was so excited to be on, honestly. Yeah, it was, it was good times. That was, Yeah, it's always weird trying to figure out where you met someone for the first time. Like, I think we met over probably Twitter DMs, and then... I think that's it. Yeah, I was reading your, your reports um, anyway. And that, oh, maybe, yeah, I think you read my ETH report back in the day, like the ETH bull report back when... Because that was the time where everyone was just bearish ETH, right? Tetris Capital came out with that big, like, yep. ETH short thesis and, like... Everyone was was like, it was Bitcoin maxi season. And so I, I read this like ETH bull thing, which actually referenced the IP1559, interestingly, before, uh, yeah. I remember listening to Tetris on the Laura Shin pod, like shilling the ETH short. They they wrapped up shop, right? I think they, I think, yeah, I think they blew up or I guess they held the short too long. It, it was, it was looking, they were looking real smart at a, for, there for a while. Um, I found it then. Yeah. The po- the podcast was Eric Olazwski, or I can't even That's pronounce it. his name. Yeah. November of yeah. 2018. Jesus. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah, that, wow. that was that was when I first met you, and then we, still, we kept kept working together on, on different things. Damn, man. Well, let's dive into Delphi Labs, man. I think um, people have to be, like, literally off crypto Twitter to not know about you, but... Can you just give some background about about Labs well, and then some insights on where you guys are at now? For sure. Um, so obviously Delphi Labs is is one of three kind of divisions or, or independent arms of, of Delphi, which is Delphi Research, Delphi Ventures, and, and Delphi Labs. Um, Delphi Labs started off as, as Delphi's kind of consulting arm. So we were working with, with protocols on mechanism design, uh, eventually like smart contract development, uh, building APIs, all sorts of stuff like that. That's kind of where we where we learned the ropes. So worked with Axie um, on their on their token econ, worked with Aave on safety module design, uh, worked with Thorchain, helped build the Midgard API, worked with Synthetics on their like asset listing framework, um, worked with Balancer, like a bunch of kind of the top protocols in the space. Um, learned a lot doing that, like, you know, was we're, we're kind of working very closely with with some really smart builders. Um, and we also developed like a really good team and a lot of IP doing that. And so at a certain point, you kind of re- realized 
Um, we had a lot of views about how this stuff should be built um, and how we wanted to, how, how we thought it should be built. And also like consulting gets frustrating after a while, right? People don't always take your ideas. Um, you're like, you're very dependent on other people's execution. So we just wanted to to kind of get our hands dirty and, and, and build some stuff more from the ground up. So that was like March, 2021. We we sort of uh, stopped doing consulting. We'd, we'd done pretty well uh, in, in the bull market and kind of getting paid in tokens turned out to be a good decision. So had some had some runway for that. And we identified at the time like Solana and Terra as the two kind of L1s outside of ETH that we were, that we were most bullish on. And so devoted a lot of our building efforts there. Um, ended up building uh, Astroport and Mars on, on on Terra. So Astroport was the biggest DEX on, on Terra, had about one and a half billion in TVL, was also doing about 500 million in, in daily volume, was like briefly like a, a second biggest DEX in the world by volume for for a few days and, and top five for, for a few months. Um, and then obviously the, the and Mars launched as well, did the lock drop um, and yeah, and, and, and had about a billion in TVL. So when when Terra collapsed, obviously that the peg broke, Terra blockchain died, um, and the projects were left in limbo. Since then, those have relaunched on on Cosmos. Um, Mars is live on on its its own chain and, and live on Osmosis. Astroport is is live on a bunch of chains. And so the the goal with um, building those was actually always to eventually become move to this like incubator accelerator model. So the idea was that Astroport and Mars would kind of show what we can do, like how much we, value we can add, our, our knowledge and stuff like that. And they would be like the proofs of concept to then attract other builders to come and build stuff with us, right? Um, and so now we're just kind of coming back to that model with 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 the, the accelerator that we just announced, where basically our goal is to, like we have a long list of, of stuff that we think crypto needs and stuff that needs to be built. And we, we can and, and kind of don't want to build all of it ourselves. So we need to really find like some really smart builders that want to tackle these hard problems. But what we do have is we have like a couple of years of experience researching, investing in and building like really successful protocols. We've learned a lot from everything to mechanism design, technical side, audits, um, legal, structuring, governance. And so we just want to pass on those lessons to kind of the next generation of founders and really help them succeed. And so the way we've designed the accelerator is it's a three to four month program um, where you're going to be working very closely with both us and like a pre-selected network of some of the best builders in the space. People like Constantin, who's co-founder of P2P and, and Lido. People like Sunny, um, you know, co-founder of Osmosis and, and others like that, as well as us, where we're going to basically give you what we and and like what we wish we'd known when we started building in the space. So everything uh, from from products like smart contracts. Um, and, and, and like go to market to sort of legal mechanism design and, and, and everything in between a lot of one-on-one -on -one time as well. And, and yeah, that's, that's kind of the vision with, with labs. It's really to be the best place for people to launch their, their web three project. It's exciting, man. I, um, I have to play dumb and asking my questions. Cause obviously I know a lot of the story and I'm an equity holder as a disclosure, but one of the things that I'm, I, I want your take on is when you guys incubated Mars Nash report, your time was pretty narrowly focused on building the best lending project, building the best AMM. Now you're you're sort of spreading your wings, right? Like you have to be an expert in basically everything everyone brings you. 
and your breath is going from, you know, a mile deep and, and a little wide to like very wide, right? Now that you have like this inbound of just builders all the time, is that like a mental switch for you and having to refocus from, you know, a couple core projects to this wide variety? Um, somewhat. Yeah. I mean, we, we were always active on the venture side as well, as you know, so kind of ended up also seeing a lot of projects, uh, always keep tabs on the space. And also with labs, we did advise and like kind of accelerate other projects. Um, like we, we have about five or six projects that we do we advise and accelerate it outside of those. We've organized hackathons before we've, we've, we've been advisors to projects. So we kind of have a pretty wide view of the space. Um, the project teams like Astroport and Mars are, are pretty independent at this point. So most of our time is 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 actually spent on on um like the accelerator, the hackathon, top of funnel, talking to builders, uh, refining ideas, this kind of thing. So I don't think it'll be too much of a of a switch up actually. Is that a good feeling, Astroport Mars being like having their own teams and not you know be you know kind of moving on and graduating a bit? Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, I mean, they still like feel like our our babies, but uh, yeah, it's a good feeling. I mean, it was. It was a wild ride with those projects, right? It was like, well, I mean, we, we, it, it was from kind of building them, launching them in nine months, having like, uh, you know, billions of dollars in, in, in TVL and those, in those smart contracts. And then the Terra blow up, um, like keeping the teams together, relaunching on Cosmos. It was, it was a pretty, uh, like wild ride. I'm really, really proud of those, of the teams there. I think, think anyone who, who survived, uh, like what happened with Terra and then kept building and kept moving forward has has my respect. Like Kajira, you know, us, like uh, a few other people like that. Yeah, super, super impressive. So yeah, all, all props to the team on that. And yeah, very proud of them for for like where the projects are at and they're really excited about where they're going too. Yeah, I mean, one of the, a really important thing for the founders you attract is that they get to deal with you, they get to deal with the team. And you're someone who led a pretty large and distributed team through the Terra collapse onto extensive research to find a new home for a new L1. You guys looked at every L2. I mean, there's a technical component of that in researching every chain and where you guys should go, but there's also like a pretty founder-centric emotional component there that took you to like a, a new level in learning that you can now share with your founders when they hit a rift or a hard juncture Walk me through a little bit of that uh, pivot when Terra blew up, you have this team looking to you, like what exactly was your thought process there and how did you navigate that? Um, yes, yeah, so I guess two separate questions there. I mean, I, I think what, what they benefit from the most is definitely the experience across the hive mind, right? Like uh, you, like all the other founders, like the 100 plus people at Delphi, like we've been in the weeds for for like, five years now, right? Um, researching the space, investing in protocols, working really closely with those founders, and then building stuff, consulting with with, with top protocols. Like we, we've seen it all. We know all the pitfalls. Um, we've gone through them ourselves. And so what they get is really that cumulative experience of people that have kind of been there and, 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 and done that in a way that most uh, people in the space haven't, right? Like most people are either are pure investors um, or their pure investors, you know, they, they invest in these projects, they invest in a lot of projects, have sort of a superficial understanding of, of each one by necessity, right? I'm not, 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 not criticizing it. That's like the skill set to be, to be a, a good investor. It's, it's hard to go really deep on, on anything. Um, or they're builders and they're really deep in a, in a specific area, right? Whereas with, with, I think with the hive mind, what you get is like all of it, 
people who are super deep in, in, in a bunch of different areas and, and have seen it all. Um, and then in terms of the terror thing, yeah, definitely the, the toughest thing that I've gone through as a, as a leader, um, we really believed in, in like, we had a lot of people in, in, uh, at Delphi and at labs who, who, who believed in the, in, in the thesis too, right. And got, got wrecked personally. So there was a lot of, a lot of that to deal with a lot of emotional, uh, stuff with the team to deal with. I think our main thing was that, um, we were, we were kind of like, we always understood the risks and, and like kind of talked about them pretty transparently. And so we were prepared for them and we, we were able to keep everyone. We didn't have to let anyone go. Uh, we had we practiced like pretty good financial management. Um, it was just, uh, and yeah, so we managed to keep everyone through that. And then it was just about kind of keeping everyone focused on making the best decisions about the future, right? It, it was an, it was a time where we had to make a lot of decisions um, in, in a short amount of time and a lot of good decisions. And one thing I'm confident at with, with Delphi is that we, we always arrive at like a good decision. You know, it might take us a while. I, I don't think like, I think we move slowly and carefully rather than, than super fast, but we, we arrive at the, at the right decision. And so it was just about making sure that we tapped into the whole hive mind, like can Ceteris, uh, John Charbonneau, the, all those people were super useful on the research side and also the labs kind of giga brands, map bridges and, and a bunch of the others. Um, making sure we tap into all that and, and make the right decisions about what to build, about like where to build it, looking at all the different ecosystems, talking to a bunch of people. Um, yeah. And, and just also making sure everyone knows they're going to be okay. Uh, you know, they're, 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 they're going to have a job at, at Delphi and kind of taking care of everyone. No, that, that's an awesome answer. I mean, we all talk about like the technical component of founding a company or being a co-founder, but I don't think we really talk a lot about the EQ side of it. You know, like, um, you know, there's a study by Harvard, like if for like, for like IQs, like 90% of your performance gains come from managing your EQ. So it is pretty cool to, uh, to see that. I guess switching gears a bit to the future. Um, so the incubator is off the ground. You guys are doing a hackathon right now. I guess I, I'm not sure what we want to take here first. I mean, let's talk through like, um, what you would want to see in the future, like significant accomplishments, like what is what does success look like for you at an incubator? Is it discovering the best founders, backing the best projects? What what is success there? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think the Delphi's goal, high level, is to make crypto happen better and faster than it would without us, right? And kind of the three divisions achieve that in in, in different ways. I think for labs, the goal five years from now is to have contributed to. 10 to 20 pro protocols that are successful, which which uh, will mean different things in in, in 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 the case of like different protocols and different verticals, um, abide by like our values of, of decentralization so that they're actually decentralized, they have no centralized points of failure, whether it's like front end protocol, governance, et cetera. So like truly crypto native and then are independent such that they could survive without us, right? Like we're, we're, we're one of, of many players with the, within these protocols. And it, that's kind of a condition for the second one too, right? A, a protocol that's decentralized by, by necessity, can't rely on a single like organization. So I think that like, if we, I think we'll, we'll probably work with, with like hundreds of, 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 of protocols by that point, or, or at least nearly, nearly that amount. Um, but I think if we could have 10 to 20 that, that we consider like highly successful in that way, we, I would say that's, that's success for us. That's interesting. It's a great answer. So the goal is to leverage the core tenets of crypto, right? Decentralization, 
moving the space further. You didn't mention a type of project you're looking for, like subsector being DeFi, whatever we're calling Web3 this week, uh, you know, L2s, yeah. infra. Is there a specific focus of the incubator in terms of of that? And if not, do you have your own specific focus you just are interested in? Yeah, I don't think we have a specific focus for the for the incubator. Um, we, we we put out like an idealist. So each cohort of the incubator will be focused on a specific ecosystem that we're excited about. So the, the first one is Cosmos. The second one, we'll have to do some research, but there, there's a bunch of kind of ecosystems that we're looking about, looking at everything from kind of Akbar to, to Anoma to obviously Ethereum L2s and, and, and stuff like that. So we'll be focused on a specific ecosystem and then we'll have an idealist specific to that ecosystem. So things we think need to exist there that either don't exist or that take advantage of the specific kind of like conditions within that ecosystem. Um, and so like, but obviously that idealist won't be exhaustive. Like we don't have a monopoly on good ideas. It's just like a starting point. And if founders come to us with other ideas that we think are cool, we'll, we'll be, we'll, we'll back those too. Um, so I don't think it's, uh, like, I think we, we, we definitely have views on like, we, and we've, we've put a lot of work into developing our views of all the, uh, on all the different sectors of the space. Like we have a long list of like ideas that we think need to exist in, in all these different sectors of the space. And the way we think about that is just, if we, if we imagine like what success looks like for crypto as a whole five years from now, what are all the pieces that need to exist for that to happen that don't exist now, right? So clearly like some kind of neobank that allows you to seamlessly spend your crypto and make your fiat and your crypto fungible needs to exist. Like clearly on and off ramps need to be better. Uh, clearly we need like a proper on-chain Binance, right? With perps and, and, and options and launchpad and everything like that. Um, and, and, and clearly we need on-chain identity, like on-chain KYC. So there's a bunch of, of things like that that we've, that we've thought through. And we have like an image of the world five years from now. Um, and we definitely want like all those pieces to exist, but there's also stuff that will come out of left field, right? Like most innovation tends to do that, uh, whether it was Uniswap or, or like uh, LLMs recently. So we're, we're definitely going to be open to that too and not be too um, opinionated. You brought up an interesting point there on like the best ideas come out of left field. I mean, I think that's why we see a lot of good ideas on Ethereum just historically, right? Just given how large their Petri dish of developers are, they just so many people coming up with ideas, it's hard to compete with that. How do you bake that sort of variability into the incubator, right? Because you incubate a project, you're you're kind of locked in, right? So is it the sense that you're looking for founders who can easily pivot mentally? Or is it that, you know, you just got to be sure of the project you're kind of focused on? Um, Yeah, we're going to be looking at both ideas and founders for, for the for the for the accelerator but like we're so early stage that realistically the founder matters way more than the idea and the idea is more a reflection of the founder right like if, if the idea is just just like just crap then then probably the founder isn't isn't very good either right um although like sometimes you have you have founders that are very new to crypto that are that are great founders but they're just like new to crypto and so you, you kind of need to guide them a little bit um but in general that's the case and so i think we're, we're going to be very like founder focused, um, but we're also going to try and like steer them towards ideas that we think are interesting, or if they're if they're exploring like uh, areas that 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 are sort of more speculative, uh, make sure that it's like a really good founding team that we think has a, has a good chance of, of of making a dent there, right? Because we there there are sectors that we understand better than others, and I think through our network we can kind of get to 
um, experts in, in, in every sector and through the, the Delphi hive mind. But like we, we just want to make sure that it's it's a really good founder um, that has the right background, the right motivation to like be exploring that that sector. How do you like? How do you judge a founder's like openness to change or adapt in in real time? Right, like on the venture side, I honestly cannot tell that through other people. Like I need to be on a one on one call with a founder to kind of understand their struggles, their pivots, how they think, what gets them mad, stuff like that. Like founder issues like how do you what's the process like for for you figuring that out yeah i mean you and i've probably spoken to like thousands of founders at this point so you, you do get some um like experience doing it and and some muscle memory from it but i i think people tend to overestimate how much you can get out of like a, a one hour call with a founder and then and that's why for us like that the hackathon is really important because we actually get like a whole month working with these founders, getting a feel for how they, how they problem solve, how, how, how quick they ship, um, how they deal with each other, the relationships between the founders and stuff like that. Like that can give you so much higher certainty on, on, on a team than just an initial call or even an application. So that's why like we, we think this, this initial hackathon is like really important and we'll take, so you can apply directly to the accelerator or you can go through the hackathon. Um, but obviously like we prefer people to go through the hackathon because you get way more, way more time with them. Um, and then in terms of like assessing a team, I think the, the, a call is good, but some people can sound really good on a call. Um, and, and some people, and, and, and then like be, be mostly LARPs, right? Like there are just people like that, and especially in crypto. And then there's some people that like can't pitch themselves at all, but, but then can actually deliver. Um, and so I think like the best way is just to look at their past achievements. Actually, it sounds pretty pretty simple but like reference checking is is huge like if they have a good reference from like ideally the people you want to back are people that everyone they worked with is like yeah this person was an absolute beast right and we all know people like that and, and those are the people that you, that you really want to back right like everyone who had any contact with them was like wow i'd, I'd love to, to invest in this person they crushed it they went above and beyond um and, and stuff like that and then the, the the other thing is just like have they done have they been successful at stuff previously um and i think especially in, in crypto like in, in, in traditional startups, like there's the, the sort of like McKinsey, like, like Harvard, then McKinsey, then, then, you know, like track record in crypto, there's less of those people, but, um, like generally they come during in, in the peak bull, right. And then they, they kind of disappear. Like there's, there's not many of them around now. And so I think what, what we want to generally look for is people that have been successful at things that aren't mainstream and that require like independent research and kind of independent thinking. So I think Gaming for us has been a really good indicator. Like if someone's like really good gamer, uh, StarCraft, League of Legends, whatever it might be, that's generally an indicator that they're pretty smart, pretty driven and, and able to sort of like work independently to succeed at something that doesn't have a clear roadmap to success. Um, we've had people that are really good at chess. Uh, like one guy who just applied recently can, can do a Rubik's Cube in like 12 seconds. Uh, like I, I think all these things that show like obsession and the ability to, to succeed at something that doesn't have a clear roadmap like school or, or like um like a particular job is is a really good sign for for a crypto founder especially because crypto moves so fast and there's no like degree to learn crypto right you can't go to business school whatever you really have to like sleuth the on-chain and, and and participate in the forums and go on crypto twitter and so i think that's that's like a really important one um and then like resilience i think is another really important characteristic like doing a, a startup is super hard uh, 
doing an early stage project in crypto is probably one of the hardest startups you can do given given all the risks and, and different things you have to deal with. So that's something else that we try and test for by just looking at the past. I mean, and I mean, you, you can to some extent ask questions that tease out answers, but I think the best way is just to look at what they've done and to work with them to see what they what they're doing. I love the examples you gave. I've never heard those mentioned before, like gaming or chess or yeah, Rubik's Cube. It, so it sounds like you're looking for founders who are like hyper competitive and obsessed at complex game theory type things. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think someone that, that, that got obsessed with something, it matters that something niche that, that doesn't have a very clear way to be successful. Um, like what well, I think the, the skill set that doesn't map so well to crypto is something where you're competing in something that's largely zero sum and you just have to like apply more hours and, and reps to it, right? Like for instance, like if you're really good at your like SATs or like get, getting into university, it's something that there's a very clear roadmap, right? You, you have to study really hard, get really good SATs, do some extracurriculars, tick all the boxes and you, you can get into university. And then getting the, the, the job at McKinsey is like probably similar, right? Like, um, and I think those things track less well to crypto um, because they're they like, and, and those people are obviously hugely like very smart, very driven, but they they generally um, want to have like a clear roadmap to success. Like, what do I need to do to succeed? I'm going to, I'll do it, right? They're, they're not um, people that think independently as much about, okay, I want to be really good at this video game, but there's no, there's no way to like, how do I do it? I have to go read forums. I have to go watch streams of people that are really good. I have to practice. I have to join a guild. I have to, you know, there's, it's this winding path that's more entrepreneurial in a sense. And so I think it's a better tracker of success when if you've been good at something niche and especially if it's highly competitive like gaming. Yeah. It's also like not to knock anyone, but I mean, people like that, like their muscle memory from early childhood through college is, you know, let me check all these boxes. There's a roadmap. It's really hard to switch from that to abstract easily, you know? Absolutely. They also yeah. tend to be less attracted to crypto, right? Like it's just not the crypto isn't like the career path that you're that your parents are going to be, are going to be, you know, I, like dreaming for you from an early age and, and the way you tick all the boxes and yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are like, I mean, the thing that the probably like unsung heroes though, are like the McKinsey, you know, EY guys and girls that come into like ops types roles in crypto are like unsung heroes. I mean, some of those people are, are massively important to back up their more abstract counterparts. hundred percent. Those people, and, and they have like a work ethic and an ability to produce like really high level, like McKinsey and, and like investment banking people, like their ability to produce really high level work and like, especially like PowerPoints and, and investment memos and stuff like that to a really high quality, really fast is insane. And and it's like a training that you don't get anywhere else. And similarly with lawyers, right? Like Gabe, Gabe's ability to just like read through and feedback like highly complex documents for like eight hours a day in a way that would fry my brain is, is, is huge. So I think there's, there's huge value to having that training. Um, but it's you need you need it yeah like you said maybe maybe in an ops role or like just combined with 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 something more uh with a bit of independent thought and a bit more creativity uh gabe's a good example right like he has that training but he's also a very unique uh personality that, that, that's done a lot of different things and and has that creativity and that like um yeah i don't know quite what to call it i guess an, an independent like independent thought independent um yeah you, you just you not trying to tick boxes, not trying to tick he's, all the boxes. He's a ninja for sure. Gabe's incredible. Yeah. The, going back to your earlier point, you mentioned like these go-getter 
relentless people. I, I read a quote a long time ago in one of those HBR Harvard Business Review like books where like if you're looking at two people and they're exactly the same, like IQ wise, like work ethic wise, the whole thing, you chose the one that got there that isn't charismatic because supposedly they like use their charisma to get there. Meanwhile, the other person had to use their like smarts to get there. So I guess it's something you could look for in a founder, but it's hard. Yeah, it's interesting, but charisma is uh, valuable though, right? Like it's charisma helps you hire. It helps you get investors. It helps you get out of like tough situations. It helps you speak to your community. Like um, in, in, even if someone's a really good shipper, if, if they can't present, um, like they're not investable. They're, they're not, they're not going to succeed. Like shipping is, is part of it, but you do need to be able to present and talk to people. So if you can't do it, you need to find someone that can, or you need to be highly self-aware and that, 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 that that's a weakness for you. Um, I think the best founders are pretty well-rounded. Um, although I don't know if that's true, actually, I think there's, I think best good founders come in all, in all shapes and sizes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Heading on the, the biz dev charisma side a bit, like you and I know projects that stand out that are just like crazy at, at that side, right? And disclosure, we have some investments here, but like the say team, like the Polygon team, like you could name these exceptions to the rule. Why do you think there are so few just highly successful biz dev teams with crypto? I mean, the, the technical talent is there, right? Like we have these incredibly smart people, but when faced with a, uh, you know, let me just bring on a biz dev bull with a Rolodex. It seems so easy, but it's just not there often. Yeah. Um, I, I do think one thing is that like development takes ages in crypto, like where building stuff take, takes a long time um, and building stuff right, especially take, takes a long time. Um, and so those BD people uh, generally want like something they can ship they can like sell fast, right? And, 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 and be able to have ready. And so, yeah, I don't know. Let, let me, let me rethink that, that, that answer actually. I don't know. I, I don't know why you don't have uh, so many good BD people in, in, in crypto. They also tend to be attracted to like, um, yeah, I don't know. The, 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 the more technical and, and sort of successful the project, the less they seem to, to, to value that side. No, that's a good point. I mean, not to shill a person, but like, I think Nick White on Celeste did a really good job of picking his battles too, right? Like he's out there giving speeches and presentations. He's out there like, you know, making memes, but he's also out there like arguing with people sometimes who just don't get it, right? So it's a, it is an art form, I think, to your point. I mean, looking at founders, I always thought that, and I mean, especially you looking at founders you want to incubate, I always thought there was value in like backing a cult leader. Right, like this guy can get our sky girl can get everyone involved. They're gonna love this. They're gonna die for this thing, right? But I don't know. I, I've been rethinking that over the last couple of weeks because it seems like you attract like the worst kind of stakeholder, right? Like Charles's Cardano army. We're like the XRP army. Like they're all like profit driven, no work done. They love these people. But if you have like an ideology like Cosmos or Ethereum, it tends to work a lot better. I don't know if if there's a question in here, but I guess like. Which one would you prefer to look for, maybe? Yeah, uh, I think on the another point on the BD thing is that BD and crypto, the the sort of end user for a lot of these protocols is a developer, right? And so BD looks a lot different than it does in 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 sort of TradFi or in, or in SaaS or something like that, um, or in traditional SaaS. Obviously, there are some SaaS companies that target developers, and a lot of it 
uh, especially because uh, you're not trying to sell a, a product to someone. You're trying to get them excited about the technology and inspire them in a way that gets them to build something leveraging it, right? And so that looks a lot different, I think, than traditional BD. And, and it's a lot more about creating narratives, um, implanting ideas into, in, in, into people's heads, like attracting the best builders um, and showing them why they should they should build something something on your on your stack. And then yeah, on, on the cult leader question, it's definitely an interesting question. I think you have to be very careful backing cult leaders. I think 2022 kind of, that was my big learning from 2022. All the big failures involved uh, cult like cult leader like personalities uh whose charisma served to sort of um hide some of the flaws that were that were lighting that were like hiding in plain sight right but uh cult leaders are, are very inspiring right they can bring people behind them um especially if they're the right kind of cult leader so uh yeah, it's a trade-off and i think it depends on the on the type of protocol too and the type of type of idea um i think in general i think it's more healthy if there's more of a community of, of different, in my experience, if there's an, an actual team, right? A founding team with, with people that are, that are checks and balances on each other, kind of like us at, at Delphi, right? Like we're, we're, there's no, there's no CEO, there's no charismatic, like, uh, or, or like there's no one charismatic leader. It's just like a, a council of people that keep each other in balance. And I do think that's the best model for, for a project to survive long-term especially when you're looking at protocols, right? Because protocols aren't companies. Uh, a lot of the times protocols are providing like infrastructure and, and public goods that need to be around like ideally for, for, for a hundred years. Right. And, and the, the, the best way to, to have something be around, like the best way we found politically is, is democracy, right? Which necessarily involves checks and balances, council, and obviously like autocracy works well, it, it leads to rapid progress as you see with like China and, 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 and stuff like that. But there, there's downsides to, to autocracy, right? It's very, it's, it's, it's risky. Like you're, you're trusting one person to make good decisions. There's like the succession problem, like who comes next once, once, once that person isn't interested or if that person goes rogue. And, and historically it's always ended pretty badly, right? You always get to a point where either, either your man goes crazy or, or like the, 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 the heir is the, the, the son, whether it's Nero or, or Caesar or whatever is, is just like a lunatic. Um, yep. and so I, th I think like the best thing is having a founding team that's actually, um, there's, there's a, there's a couple of people that all are like smart and make decisions together. And eventually that extends to like a whole, that's also, it's also easier for community to participate in that process, right. For different organizations to get involved in stuff. So I think for crypto, especially it's a better model than a, than a single, like, uh, than a single, yeah. Um, charismatic leader. I mean, eventually that council though has to go away. Right. I mean, like look at Ethereum, right? Like, you know, the, the Suave and Flashbots team aren't like waiting for Vitalik's every beck and call. Right. Like, how do you feel about that core? Cause I agree with you on the council. I agree with you on the checks, the balances and the succession problem is impossible unless you're following an ideology. Like, so how do you think that that core team should eventually fire themselves or head out? Well, what does that look like? Yeah. I mean, I think for the, for these protocols, uh, it, 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 again, it depends on the type of protocol. It's hard to give really generalized answers, but the, the, the goal should be that the founding team is one of many teams that is contributing to that protocol in, in, in some way. Right. I think there are examples of this being done successfully depending on your, on your definition of success, but clearly maker has, has, has succeeded to some definition of success. And they're like, their, their governance is, is highly decentralized, right? Almost to, to a fault. 
I think Ave is another good example where you have a bunch of people working on the, like initially it was the founding team or, or like the, the, yeah, pretty much the founding team or, or, or core team that worked on all the asset listings and stuff. Now there's Gauntlet, there's Chaos Labs, there's a bunch of different organizations that are independent and, and incentivized to do that. Um, and I think that has to be the goal for all these projects. Like the, you, you're building in crypto to build stuff that's resilient, decentralized, that can't be taken down, right? And, and to do that, it has to grow beyond you and your small circle of, 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 of people that you work with. And so that, that has to be like in the DNA from the beginning. Um, and, and so I think there's, there's, yeah, that, that, that's important to your, to your earlier point. Like, I think you can only really suss that out by looking at their not past work, but past views, right? Like do this, does this person actually care about decentralization? Do they care about the ethos of crypto? Like they could tell you anything on a call in that sense. You really have to check it. Yeah, hundred percent. And like some people are very, have a very web two approach to crypto, right? They, they want like multi-sigs and, and iterating quickly and stuff like that. Like that's not, um, that's not how crypto, the protocol level at least should work in, 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 in my mind, right? This stuff is, is much more like shipping hardware where a lot of time to research, uh, like long iteration cycles and, and you, you want to do it once and, and do it right because the, 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 the sort of consequences are pretty catastrophic if you don't. Um, and then I think web two businesses get built on top of these protocols, right? Like there are neobanks leveraging DAI or, or built on top of Aave. Um, like eventually I think there will be like markets for front ends on top of all these protocols that are all like paid by the protocol and, and, the, and the protocol itself doesn't even operate an official front end anymore. Um, so th there will be web two businesses built on top of, of these, but if you're building a protocol or infrastructure, it, it really needs to be, um, like it really needs to abide by the values of, of, of crypto. Otherwise it's just a LARP and, um, and it's not something that, we're, that we're, like we're really interested in, in building. Like we really want to build stuff that, that, that has a chance of being around in like, uh, 10 years minimum, but like, ideally you, you, you want stuff that's the, inf that's like the, we're in crypto because we think, uh, eventually every asset like will be tokenized and, and I think all like data itself, like identity will, will, will sit on chain. Right. And, and we're trying to back founders that are building that infrastructure to allow for that, for, for a kind of web three world. So you got to find people that, that are, um, long-term oriented and that, that understand that, that understand the need for that. And it's really difficult, right? Because you're trying to build a good product, um, at the same time as, as you're trying to make it uh, decentralized, like it's, 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 it's super tough. Like it's hard enough to build, to build a good product, to build a good, uh, like a good user experience and all that. When you have to do that at the same time as thinking, how can this thing be like impossible to take down? Like how can the front end be, be decentralized so that there's many people running them? How can the governance, uh, be decentralized? Like, should there be a, a committee to decide certain things and how, how do they get elected? What are the, what are the incentive models? How do those things break? Like it's tough. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the crypto, that's the challenge. No, that's, that's a great answer, man. I, it's kind of funny. You, you, um, it kind of like from your answer, it sounds like you, you want a founder that's kind of irrational, right? Like if you had a founder that was highly irrational, like we're going to do reg fi and everything's going to be a security token. And like, we're not going to push the bounds. Like you really don't get that land upon the stars, like where the end game tech is kind of going. Yeah. I mean. There's like, we're, we're interested in, uh, like we're interested in security token info too. Right. And like there, and, and the founder for that is going to look very different than the founder of a, of a protocol. And like, it, it, like going back to that world five years from now, 
there will be security tokens on chain, right? That you can only trade KYC'd and they follow some security token standard with like transfer restrictions, right? That check you're on some KYC list beforehand. And there's going to be a whole regulated FI on top of, on top of crypto rails. It's not like the reason I'm here and the, and the stuff that really excites me, but it, but it's going to exist and it's and it needs to exist realistically for the, for this stuff to succeed. So we're interested in backing that too. And the founder there looks very different. But when you're talking about like a pure protocol, um, yeah, the, the, the stuff I said before applies. So getting back to the incubator, there's a couple of brands out there that have built, uh, or sorry, a couple of incubators that have built incredible brands, right? Like Y Combinator is one of the most successful incubators. They have 4,000 companies, 600 billion in value since 05. And their model is a pretty simple 500K for 7%. Values the projects at 7.2 mil. They get this extensive network. It's not really about the money because it's a low amount of money. Uh, considering their success, I don't know, is that, are they like a, a guiding light for you guys or are you trying to do something very different? It seems like not relatively somewhere because I don't know much about it, but I'm trying to figure out like who your guiding light is here. Yeah, it's interesting. Like Y Combinator was the the pioneer and there was a lot of people that that tried to copy them, like tech stars and stuff, but no one succeeded to, to nearly the same extent, right? And Y Combinator has almost become... Um, like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? And like, like kind of like go to Harvard or something. Like if you go through Y Combinator, you're going to raise at a high valuation because, because going through it in itself is like a stamp of approval that, that investors want to want to back. Um, so I think at this point, it's hard to take too many lessons from, from, from that for us, for where we are. But the way Y Combinator started out was like a very simple thesis, right? It was like Paul Graham um, was like a super technical founder. He'd done um, the, like the, the startup before the sold to Yahoo. And his thing was, we want to get like technical founders um, and teach them how to how to how to do a business, right? How to do a startup, like all the, all the parts that that aren't covered in that in, in just being a technical co-founder. Um, and so I, I think what 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 we want to do is is somehow similar in that we want to take someone that that's a good founder and teach them all the really hard crypto stuff that that takes like a lot of money, a lot of trial and error, a lot of, and and years to learn, right? Whether it's uh, like the right legal structuring, uh, the right like mechanism design, uh, the right idea and how to how to go to market with that idea, how to build a community, how to hire. Like there's, there's all these things that are very particular in crypto that are very different from from a traditional startup and that you have to think about from the get-go. And so it, it's like we want to reduce the cost to launching uh, a, a successful crypto startup, right? Like have all the, 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 the legal documents you need, like have access to all the experts you need, yeah, so I think in a way it's it's similar to like what Y Combinator was initially, um, but for us it's like um, teaching all the stuff that's that's particular to crypto because I think especially in Silicon Valley there's there's a there's a view that like crypto is just like any other business or right? any other startup like it needs to create a product that 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 users like and 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 stuff like that and like you don't need to do anything different but I think crypto is super different. Like, uh, I, I think crypto is a, is a paradigm shift and like, you're trying to build, uh, stuff like a lot of times you're trying to build things that are traditionally provided by the state, right? Like money or, or banking, like think, and, and so you're not building like, uh, Vitalik calls like these second order organizations that are built on top of a legal system. You're actually building things that are sovereign and that need to survive highly adversarial environments and stuff like that. And, and so it's totally different and, and it needs a completely different approach and way of thinking. And we want to take someone that's a good founder that's interested in the space and kind of teach them what they need to know to succeed at a crypto startup. Now, it, it, it's funny that like your answer on Paul Graham 
like sort of goes back to the concern we saw with crypto projects not having the business side and and them kind of solving that through the incubator. But yeah, you know the other the other question I have for you on the incubator side is just like the network side, right? Like obviously Delphi Labs has some of the smartest minds from developer talent to legal things like that. But you know, on a long enough horizon, most of that talent is going to be within the incubated projects themselves. Like how are you linking together this network? Is it a website or a portal or like a, an offsite? Like how do, how do new projects get the, the talent within the old incubated projects? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think labs will retain um, some talent at like the, the sort of labs level. So we have like uh, John, who's like our head of risk and an economist and like mechanism design, uh, like expert, we have Gabe on the, on the legal side. Um, we're we're going to retain Matt, who's like a great developer, also a great researcher. So I, we want to have like one person in each kind of sector um, to, to it's like any, all the sectors that like a crypto startup needs and then have like a network of, of experts um, from projects, from projects that we incubate, from projects that we know, people like Constantin and Sunny um, that come in and help with, with like each of those sections. But we'll, we'll be leading them will be their point of contact and then we'll we'll see what they need and kind of connect them to the to the right network right like across delphi we we've been in the space for like i said like six years and so we know like a lot of people in the space and we, we we can connect you to nearly anyone so that's kind of how how we how we think about it is like you're gonna have the core labs team which which has like the high level view on everything and then be able to connect to, to experts and th there's experts within that too but then be able to connect with experts if you need it and in terms of how we do it, I don't think we have like a super good answer for that yet. Like we we want to do this first cohort and uh, we, we have an idea, like a hypothesis for, for how to do that, but it's going to be tested, right? Like, um, so we're going to do it. We're going to go through with, with like a small number. So this first cohort is going to be five startups. They're going to get a lot of attention. We're going to, we're going to test out a bunch of hypotheses. And then for the next one, I think we'll, we'll, we'll look to everything that, that we did wrong and, and try and improve it. But high level, um, the way the way I think it's going to work is each, each startup is going to have like a point of contact um, that will then be able to link them up to all the resources within and outside of labs that they might need. Right. And so there's like a lead and then they can, if they need help with, with legal, the lead will connect them to, to Gabe after doing like the appropriate, because, because obviously you, you want the, like, you don't want, because everyone's going to want to talk to Gabe, right. <laughs> like uh, for, for, for hours, right. Like, and so you want them to have uh to be at the right point where that where where that meeting will be productive for Gabe to have the right prep for them to have done the right prep and thinking on their own and, and so like the 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 lead will be responsible for kind of guaranteeing all of that but they'll have like ample one-on-one -on -one time with all of us too yeah yeah no it, it's a it's a great question I mean even on the venture side I always thought that a portal was kind of table stakes like for instance like having someone like Gabe give a webinar it applies to every port co at the end of the day so it's just kind of like reusable. IP. I agree. Like a webinar is super, but, but it's like people will tune out, right. Unless, unless it's relevant to them. And so like a, a big part of this is we want to, we design the program so that they get stuff when it's likely to be relevant to them. So, you know, because if you're just at the product stage and we, and you do a talk on like, uh, getting ready for an audit and, and, and how to get your code ready for an audit, how to, how to interact with auditors, all of that. You're, you're not really going to focus on, right? You're, you're thinking about your product decisions, about like UI, UX and stuff like that. So you want to give it to them at the right time. Um, and it's the same with, yeah, same, same with everything. So kind of try to think through that. Um, 
and and make it and have a lot of one-on-one time to kind of complement the webinars and in Q and A because I think yeah there's webinars could be super valuable with with an expert but it needs to be at the right time and it needs to be supported by a lot of like actual one-on-one time. Yeah, yeah. no, that is pretty cool. It's like leveling for the projects and what they have access to and, and things like that. The the other push out for you on the incubator is just your views on the like the future of capital formation, right? Like we've seen like you guys innovated with your LBA lock drop, you have teams going early, but I mean, thinking a couple of years out, a project comes to Delphi Labs, you guys give them some money, you know, they raise, they have their own tokens, they have their own treasury, they could do OTC sales, things like that. Do you really see a role for, I know I'm talking against my book here when I have to do it. Do you see a role for venture capital in the sense of your highly successful incubated projects? Yeah, just a quick point on the last question that it occurred to me um, before, before I answer that, which is that one thing you'll notice with incubators is this one-on-one time is that this stuff isn't like infinitely scalable, right? Like ultimately what they're coming to the incubator to- for is time with us, um, like time with, with us, with the, with the advisors. And so that isn't scalable. And so it's really important that we choose the right people and that we like basically like select the right projects. And so that's like a big, um, like a, a big focus for this is really having and that's another difference with like Combinator I say is that they take a very broad approach. Like you can apply with any idea, a crypto idea, a SaaS idea, like a, whatever it might be. For us, we're going to take like an ecosystem approach and we're going to come up with this idealist. So that it's, it's like very targeted and it's stuff that we we have a lot of expertise in. We can help a lot and be very hands-on with uh, because this isn't scalable and, and we want to be able to add a lot of value to justify, um, to, 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 to kind of justify going through the accelerator. So yeah, that, that, that's something to do with the approach. And in terms of capital formation, yeah, it's a really interesting question. I think that plus like AI, right? And, and LLMs that like dr- dramatically collapse the cost of doing a new startup, like when you can use these APIs and stuff like that, I think creates a pretty challenging environment, especially for the mega funds. Like I think having a, a, a mega fund that was doing like series C's and stuff, hoping for an IPO, like those people are down bad. <laughs> and and I don't know if that, that there would be a, a, a model for that, especially in crypto, right? Um, so I think that there will always be uh, a market for value add capital, right? Which is what a VC is, is supposed to be. And, and in many cases is, right? Like, uh, like I think a lot of big VCs get a bad rap, especially during bull markets, but like uh, VCs are, are, are very value add. Like some VCs are super value add capital, right? And, and there's examples of that in crypto and, and, and outside of it too. And there's always going to be a market for that, but I do think it's going to get democratized. And especially as, as startups need less money, like angels become way more competitive, right? Especially if you have an angel that 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 has a that that like has a much smaller portfolio that has full time to devote to the to the startup, um, it, they become much more competitive with VCs. And so, I think like the top end VCs, the right really large funds, are going to be in in a, in a in a tough uh, in a tough situation. I think smaller funds are are going to benefit from this, and I think the incubator model in particular is. I think a big part of the future of capital formation, right? Because if you don't need capital, you, you don't need capital, but what you still need is like advice and uh, help like actually to succeed, right? Like help with, with product, help with, with legal side, help with structuring, help with especially crypto, token design, stuff like that. So um, I think the incubator is, is a big, is a big, I think like most projects will either come through incubators or like small seed rounds. And then there'll be some form of like launch to the community 
And then if they succeed, the DAO will continue to to fundraise from its community, right? On a, on a, on a kind of like a continuous basis through either OTC or like some cool options things, like whatever stuff people come up with. But yeah, I think it, I think incubators in general, like across this, across the 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 not not just in crypto, but like across investing, are going to be a, a really big way, kind of like a university, right? Like a, a a founder university. You go in, you get um, first of all like mentors that that can give you really good advice. And you get a cohort of people that are going through the same experience that you can share the experience with and and and, and have and and like um yeah share alpha with. So I think it's going to be a big part of it. No, I I I love your answer. I've I've always been pretty critical of mega funds because I always thought they were just honestly kind of larping a little bit and rent seeking on AUM fees and overlapping AUM fees with funds. But I mean, from their perspective, like if institutional capital wants to invest for you know higher return, like they're going to keep doing it. But I'm with you. I think capital formation moves down the stack. I mean, one of my dreams would be if there were a portal or a place where founders can go and pretty dynamically give out tokens or their equity on a micro scale to people who add a lot of value. But it's just so hard to do that. It's set it up like regulatory compliant way and handle all the allocations. It's just, it's really hard to do. Yeah. I mean, one of the ideas we have actually for this cohort is, is, uh, a launch pad, right? Like a decentralized launch pad, which I think is like, uh, a, I mean, obviously biased, but I think it's a really good idea. Cause if you think about it, like launching tokens is, is crypto's killer app, but there's really no way to like do it in a decentralized way right now. No way that's competitive, right? Like if you're a good project, your options are like Binance ideally. And if not like OKX or, or, or Wobi launch pads, right? And so those are all like centralized exchanges. So I think there's like a real space in the market for someone to come up with like a regulated, decentralized launchpad where you have KYC, you're able to, to, to sort of do regs and exclude US investors as the case may be, or, or do Mika and, and, and stuff like that, and actually target, um, like issue your token on chain, do your liquidity incentives and all of that. And I think whoever does that will be very well positioned to then build kind of like the web three angel list, right? You have all these KYC investors who you know have invested in, 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 in several projects. Suddenly you can have the founders rate their investors, right? And actually on chain, like leave on chain reviews of their investors. And you have like all this data on investors, their reviews, what they've done, their returns, right? It becomes, it starts to become like uh, a place where it looks like an angel list. And even then like, um, like if asset management, right? Like investors who've done angels that have done really well can then raise funds or do syndicates through this. So yeah, I think having this open data layer that we have with, with crypto um, is like a really interesting sort of like foundation to build that on. I love that. It, it sounds like future-proofing our jobs a little bit. So uh, yeah. all power to get that off the ground. So going back to some other questions on the, the incubator, when you guys are looking at projects to accept in or to not accept in, there's obviously like a, a profit component here, right? Like you want projects that can make money and there's nothing wrong with that. Like that's our goal is to like drive capital to, to projects that will have like a lasting effect. So like we want these things to be successful, but I don't know, like there is also like the ethos conflation there with like, you know, do we want to make money or do we want to build the space forward? How do you handle the, you know, we want to make money out of this, but we want to drive the space forward. Like, yeah, I'm not sure what the best question is there, but yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're getting like with, with the incubator, you're getting involved very early. Right. And th that kind of affects how you look at projects where, you know, at a late stage, you're kind of looking at um, 
you're looking at like risks, right? You're looking at all the ways this can fail. At, at, at the earlier stages, it's like the opposite. You're looking at like, how can this succeed? Um, and so a lot of times these projects might be pre-business model, right? Um, or or the, in most cases, they'll be pre-business model. And, and also in crypto, there's like things that you that, that seem like they don't make any money, but they can that then find their way to a business model later on. And and I guess Flashbots is, is an interesting example, right? With 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 Suave, um, and there's many other examples like that. So, I mean, in general, we, we we're not funding like public goods here, right? Like we we're so there's there's different platforms for that. So we want there to be like the possibility of a business model, um, but we're not going to be super prescriptive about that. We're we're more interested in like something that's fundamentally interesting that we're excited about. Um, but yeah, the, the possibility of a business model is important. Like if you're just building pure open source tech with no moat at all, um, that's not something we can like, that will be sort of accelerating. So the profit component also comes into the structure component a little bit. Are you very much against incubating a project that comes to you and says, Hey Zay, we're only ever going to be an equity business. Like we're not going to have a token. It doesn't make sense. Like. Would you even look at that, or is that something that just flies in the face of building the community, decentralizing, and the whole nine yards there? Uh, no, we we we'd look at that for sure. I think there's some projects in in crypto that shouldn't have a token. Um, like as an investor, obviously, it, tokens are more are, are much more attractive. Like you, they're they're liquid. Like you, you kind of see it with with FTT and FTX, right? Like people who are holding the equity bag held it to zero, whereas some of the people who are holding the token could, could actually exit it. And like t tokens that have a lot of advantages, um, but there's some projects where a token doesn't make sense. Like if your thing can never actually be decentralized um, and and run permissionlessly on chain, then probably a token is, it isn't gonna make sense. Um, although that's not always the case either. So definitely interested in equity businesses for, for, for certain, um, for like certain projects where it makes sense. What we're not interested in is like an equity business for, for something that's supposed to be decentralized, right? Like, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. So zooming out, thinking a couple of years down the line, like developers are going to come to you guys now, they're going to come to you later, but, and I want to get into your pitch for a developer to come to you, but I first want to ask, like developers and founders want like longevity in the brands they're associating with, right? They want to know that you're going to create labs today. You're going to create it in five years. The network, the knowledge, the IP is going to grow, right? How do you go to a founder and you say, you know, Delphi Labs is going to be here for two years, five years, 10 years. Like we have the capital, we have the structure of information. Like, is that a promise that you can give them or is that not something that they're interested in? Um, yeah. I mean, we have the, we, we, we like, the reason we we went out and and sort of raised money from from the partners that we did and, and did that is because we wanted to be able to say that we'll be around for for years to come, right? And that was a question that we often got because obviously it was until until labs until the labs raise it was all all of us funding all of Delphi, right? And so there was that question: Will uh, at some point will we will our appetite to do so uh, you know wane or or will one of you know we go bust or whatever personally and you know so so that gives you that, that assurance. Um, and then the rest is just like a pure, it's a motivation thing, right? Like I think, um, we've been fortunate to do pretty, pretty well in the space. Um, I think if we, if we wanted to, if we we're purely financially motivated, I don't think, um, like we would, we would, we would necessarily still, still be here. Um, I think all of us 
want to are here because we really want to help build up the space and and like help build the next generation of, of really important protocols um because yeah i really think crypto is like one of the most important technologies to the world and especially in the world that we're that we're moving into so that's kind of why we're here and i i i really i'm gonna uh i want to be doing this for forever for for as long as i can imagine myself working i would want to be doing this with 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 the partners that, that that we have now so yeah i mean the i think i think founders get that also i think if if you if you survive if they see you know if you can survive what we've been through like last last year and stuff i think people know that we're we're around for the for the long term we're getting a little numb, Matt. It's like nothing that can shock us. At this point. But yeah, I'm like a broken elastic band. Like a, <laughs> it just doesn't. It just it doesn't react. So do you want in there? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, a friend, Ryan Zer. I mean, your friend too. Always told me that like, if you do okay or you do well enough, like the people that are still there golfing, playing for the love of the game, are the ones you associate with. And I didn't really understand that when we first got started at Delphi, but I very much understand that now. Hundred um, percent. A lot of sense. So, let's close out with a couple a couple important questions for developers. So, uh, developer founders come into Delphi Labs and they want to know what you guys offer. Like, what's the sell? Like, we covered a lot throughout the podcast, but I think it would be nice to maybe recap what a developer gets, what they have access to, you know, and why they should build or be incubated by Delphi Labs. Yeah, um, I think like it, it's hard to answer this without going through what we've done with, with Delphi. So normally we, we, we start with that, like what we built with the research business, like the, the team that we have there, the, the reports we published, the knowledge we have, and then going into the venture business, like, uh, how we grew that, you know, with, with the internal capital, starting with very little to, to what we have now, kind of the projects that we backed, the, the, the things we saw there. And then labs, obviously the, the, the story that we have there, uh, consulting with top protocols, building, you know, uh, multi-billion dollar protocols. And so like the, the reason people should come work with us is because we have all that experience. Like we've, we've kind of seen a lot of stuff in the space. We've seen what works and what doesn't. We've seen all the common pitfalls and we can help founders avoid them and, and, and succeed. Um, lower level, like in terms of what we actually do, we kind of split it into six different areas. Um, the first one is, is sort of ideas and products. Um, so like there's a, there's a, and you've seen this on the, on the venture side, like a bunch of really smart people in crypto end up building like NGMI ideas, right? It's like, uh, it's, they, they don't understand the sector well. Um, they haven't seen the history of like, the graveyard of people that have tried it. And so I think that's, that's guidance we can provide there. But then also on the product side, like we have experienced entrepreneurs, um, people who've shipped like really successful products in the space. So we can help people define their product, define their, their business model, their go-to-market, stuff like that. Um, then there's like the legal and operation side, right? We've, we've spent uh, more money than we care to share on, on legal over the years. And we, we work with uh, what person I consider one of the most brilliant legal lines in the space, Gabriel Shapiro. So uh, we're going to be like providing founders with standard form, like best in class documents for everything from entity formation to token grant agreements, um, like SAFT safes, like front end licenses, all the things that, that, that they don't even know they need. And then obviously offer uh, like one-on-one -on -one time to kind of help figure out specific things there. Um, and also on the operations side, like getting banked in crypto is hard. Like we'll tell them what banks there are like good to work with and how to do payroll, how to do on-chain payroll, like all, all this kind of stuff. That's like the nuts and bolts. Um, 
And then the third is is sort of like network. Um, so as, as I said before, we know our, like a lot of people in this space. And so we can, we can connect them to anyone from investors to potential users to just like advisors and, and, and partners. So whoever they need, we can end up like helping them connect to and, and, and we'll also uh, help them raise, which goes into the fourth point, like fundraising. Uh, we're going to give them 200K for going through the program. And then we're going to uh, make sure they get to their first successful fundraising round after the program. That's like the, the milestone that we're aiming for. It's going to end with a demo day with 25 of the top investors in the space that are coming in, uh, like excited to like hear these pitches and, and potentially invest in these, in these startups. Um, then there's like technical and mechanism design. Uh, we have like 25 plus engineers at labs that have, that have shipped code that, that kind of, uh, you know, has transacted billions of dollars of, of value. So, um, they'll have access to that. Plus on the mechanism design side, obviously that's kind of what we're best known for. They'll have access to our, to our team on, on that too. We've seen all the models, see, know what works and what doesn't for different kind of pro protocols. So we'll help advise on that. Um, then the final one is like talent. Um, and this is, is, is twofold. It's like both hiring in crypto is, is a different beast, right? Like your best hires don't come from like recruiters or whatever. They generally come from being in the communities and seeing like who's active in the community and who's smart. So we'll help teach them how to do that, how to find the best hires, but we'll also through our network, um, like continuously source talent and send it to our incubated companies. So like, this is something that we do already. Like we have a, a really, um, good, like hiring funnel that we've built over, over our years in the space. And so we're going to be diverting that to like incubated projects and helping them like fill major roles. Um, and then, so those are, those are kind of the six areas and there'll be like, a. uh, a three month curriculum where we, we take them through, uh, different parts of, of all these areas. Like, um, as I said before, kind of timing it when we think they need different information, uh, there's going to be like Q and A's and fireside chats with, with top founders in the space. Um, and then obviously like after the program, we're going to help them, help them like raise, uh, you know, connect them to, to potential investors. Um, and also just like be there for them for forever, right? We're, we're like incentivized for them to succeed, especially these first projects are going to get like a lot of attention because we're doing very small cohorts. So yeah, that's kind of the the pitch to founders. Jeez, I'm biased here, but the pitch is buff. It's like an in-depth, well-thought-out offering for these, these founders. I don't know where else they would get this for another incubator where they would. It must have taken a lot of time to figure this out. Yeah, it did. It kind of like it was us both ourselves and speaking to to different protocol founders and figuring out like what would you have wanted to go through before you started your your, your protocol right like what are the what are the biggest mistakes you made and things you wanted to know beforehand how can we structure this best and a lot of trial and error but yeah we're excited about it uh well, we're going to keep improving it but we're pretty excited about this first one too is there anything that you guys thought of offering that you're you know not or can't with your resources or, or something that you're jealous of another incubator offering i I mean, obviously the, the pitch is super comprehensive, but just thinking through, you know, what you could potentially tack on to this six months from now, a year from now, is there anything you'd want to add other than the growing accumulated knowledge of the incubator? Um, I don't think so. I, I honestly think like we thought through what should an incubator offer and what shouldn't it offer. Right. And, and like, we kind of tried to be very clear about that because like you could have like an army of developers, right. But like that doesn't work well. Like you, you, the projects need to have their own devs. Like the, it, it, this stuff isn't, isn't like, uh, a project that you like give to an outsource it outsource team and they deliver it. Right. It's like requires ongoing thought, commitment, iteration, 
Um, and so like there's, there's certain stuff like that where we just don't think it's the place of an, of an incubator to, to do it. Um, and then on the legal side, obviously like we're advising, we're not a law firm. They're going to need to have their own, their own lawyers. So again, that we don't, we're not trying to start a law firm here. So there's like, we've been very careful to think like, what should an incubator offer? And then what, what, what do projects need to have, have themselves to kind of draw those lines. And I think we've arrived at something that we're, that we're comfortable with, but obviously we're going to learn over time. No, that's a good answer. I mean, having an outsourced dev shop is tough because I don't know, like how does the project convince a new CTO to come on? Like, hey man, this entity built out all our code. Now we need you to be married to it. It it just seems hard. Yeah. And it's also not something that's easy to even like advise on, right? Like you it you need to be deep into the code to really be able to offer like too much like much value there. Like we could do high level stuff like security best practices, which we'll be doing um, like both OPSEC and smart contract security, how to go through an audit and stuff like that. Um, but we can't really like tell you how to build the thing. Like good developers are very opinionated about, about this stuff, uh, you know, whether it's agile or scrum or or uh, what, what language to use and, and stuff like that. And so you really need to not be prescriptive about that. And so, yeah. So one like not spicier question, but just like, I guess more so interesting end game question, like, you know, projects go through the incubator, you know, let's say it's super successful. Everyone's really happy. There comes a decision where, you know, you have to sell, right? You have to fund the future of labs through your successes, right? Is there, you know, are, are you worried about that? Is there like angst dealing with these founders song and you have to eventually exit? What, what do you think that looks like? That's a good question. Um, I don't think, I, I don't think we've given it, too much thought other than we'll, we'll probably run it similar to how we think about selling for, for ventures, um, where, you know, we, we're very much like long bias, like bias to, to hold this stuff. And we've chosen, um, investors that are also very like long biased and, and want to hold this stuff for years. I mean, ideally the, the projects we back are projects that we, that we hold forever. Right. And, and just like participate in governance, stake the token, um, and, and, and like, uh, just keep keep participating that way. We don't really have like a time horizon for Brexiting or anything like that. So that's kind of uh yeah. That but but obviously there's gonna be situations where that doesn't happen, some of its ventures where the piece doesn't play out or whatever it might be. Um but I think because of our sort of relationship with these founders and we're gonna be even more um like long biased than than we, than we would be normally. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good answer. It's not it that definitely is an art form. Uh, for, yeah, for, for eggs and like, so I mean, shamelessly to save my own DMS, like how do people apply and get your attention, get the incubator's attention? Like what's the, the best route for them to, to apply? Cause I, I doubt it's DMing you. I'm sure there's a process. Yeah, no, the, the, the best way you, you can go into the delphilabs.io website and you can apply to the accelerator directly, or ideally you would apply to, to the hackathon. Um, and then, um, and then participate in that and and we'd get a lot of time with you there. Like we're gonna spend a month with, with projects in the hackathon. You're gonna get a lot of our time and attention and we're also gonna be obviously promoting and, and hackathon projects and connecting them to advisors and stuff. So definitely that would be the best way. Um, if not, you can apply to the accelerator directly as well through the website. Um, and yeah, you, you you can DM me. If you if you if you're a builder interested in 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 applying to the accelerator, you can definitely DM me. And uh, I'll, I'll respond and, and if not connect to the right person. Um, awesome. Yeah. Say, so, this is so exciting, man. Congrats on the the new iteration of labs and 
the builders that you're going to back. It's exciting, and I can't wait to record again soon. Cheers, man. I, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And I think this was always like the vision for for Labs. Um, it would just like with with what happened, we it took a bit longer to to get there. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this. I think we're like really well positioned to do it. And yeah, I can't wait to to just like work with with really good founders on this stuff. Mm -hmm.